2: You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network, in partnership with AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all
3: daily sports content. All right, almost 7.30 here on The Fix. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. We're live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM1490 Sports Betting Radio, live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash thefix1490. And every night, we talk to John at 7.30, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, host of Extending the Play, which you can listen to every Saturday at 10 a.m., John McMullen hosts, of course. All right, so let's bring John into the conversation a minute or two early tonight, but there's a lot to get to. Uh, So, David Montgomery. Tweet gate, tweets, it, uh, tweets uh, something out, deletes it. Tom Brady's drunk on boats. Uh, and there's a Tim McManus story regarding the Eagles we have to get to. So let's get it going, John. How are we doing tonight?
2: Doing well, yeah. Goat on a boat, as they like to say.
3: I like that. The goat on the boat. Um, all right, so where, where should we start? I, I don't know how much of this tim McManus article you've read i haven't even read the entire thing it just got posted on espn.com around i think 5 p.m um but i can uh guess what it's about i've sifted through some of it carson wentz watch the time is now or very soon for the eagles to make a deal which is what you and i have already talked about over the past uh, few days john
2: yeah, we really went into it uh, yesterday on the show pretty uh, extensively. I, I mean, <laughs> you got a very short window, as I've mentioned, where you're the sort of the bell of the ball when it comes to the quarterback market. And I don't think it's going to be that way for, for very long. And it's already started when you hear some of the whispers about Russell Wilson even, for instance, you know, forget about Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I mean, there are going to be so many options at some point. If you keep playing this game of hardball as the Eagles have been doing uh, with Carson Lentz and his value, um, you might overplay your hand. So I, I do think there's a sense of urgency. We've been talking about it for a couple of days now. Um, I, I think, you know, part of this might be Jeffrey Lurie, to be honest, but uh, trying to get uh, more than he probably can because of that uh, $33.8 million of dead uh, money we always talk about. Um, and, and, you know, if you're going to take your medicine, take your medicine. That's kind of what I say, and that's where I think the Eagles are.
3: So the Colts and the Bears are the two teams we keep hearing. Uh, but what are – the quarterbacks out there that those teams can potentially go to instead of the Eagles and Carson Wentz. You have Jimmy Garoppolo out in San Francisco, Kirk Cousins with the Vikings is getting thrown out more and more. Uh, So those are two off the top of my head. Any others that stand out that those teams can, can go to instead of Philly?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them. As I said, you you know, you have the different tiers and if you the top tier to me would be Russell Wilson and and Deshaun Watson. I think the, the latter of that, too, is more likely to force the issue uh, and force his way out of, of that situation. Um, then you have that mid-level. I do think it's pretty clear Minnesota's going to keep Kirk Cousins, by the way. They've been talking, and they just hired playing Kubiak is Garrett Kubiak's son to be their new offensive coordinator. So they want to keep the system. They want to keep the band back together. I don't necessarily know why, but that's another story. Um, you know, but those, that secondary group, the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world, the Derek Carr's of the world, is probably even a little bit better, to be honest. I I, I don't think Derek Carr gets enough credit. And even a Marcus Mariota. Uh, I'm not a fan, but... yeah. <laughs> frustrate these teams, and I look at Chicago specifically, well, you know, they'll, they can talk themselves into Marcus Mario. He's better than Mitchell Trubisky. So, it, it, you know, it, it's sort of how good are you? How good do you think you could be? Indianapolis is the one team that I, I think they look at themselves and probably correctly, let's say, if we can get – a, a good quarterback, we can be a Super Bowl contender. Um, now, I, you know, to me, I, I still look at him. I mean, Kansas City's still going to be there. Baltimore's still going to be there. So I don't know how realistic that is, but I, I think they, they have the right to think of themselves that way. And, and how do you get that type of quarterback? And he, it, can you get that type of quarterback? If it's not Russell Wilson, if it's not Deshaun Watson, if it's not Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that quarterback exists. Carson Wentz isn't that quarterback either. So you can mock all those names that we just said, but, you know, I I mean, you got to be – Eagles fans got to be more realistic. They really do. I I mean, they keep talking about 2017. What the heck does 2017 have more to do with Carson Wentz than 2020? Use common sense. I I, I mean, why would you think – a teen would be going back and looking at film from 2017 before he tore his ACL and his LCL and, and had a back fracture. Why? We're looking at 2020.
3: Common sense, uh, not too common, John. And, and we've brought up Ertz a lot. Um, and this is brought up in the McManus article. Why not package Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz together?
2: Yeah, we said that on the show yesterday as well. Yeah. And, and I mentioned the the more moving parts uh, you have, uh, that could create difficulties. Now, that's a whole lot of money. I mean, you had Zach Ertz's contract on top of Carson Wentz's contract. I mean, that is a boatload of money. Uh, I mean, and you could argue that kind of hurts what you would get back, to be honest. Uh, now, Indianapolis, look, there's no doubt this. Loves Zach Ertz as a player, Um, and 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 I I think he would love to have him. But I I think if you're Chris Ballard and you say, "Yeah, we have the space, we can do it," but if you want me to take both of these contracts, you know why am I giving you more? I I would think they would give you less, to be honest. All right,
3: what's up with this uh, David Montgomery tweet? Fill us in.
2: (laughs) Well. Montgomery. Which, by the way, there's another. Uh, I, I got in trouble today, as usual. Uh, David Montgomery tweeted out this weird little tweet about, uh, you know, essentially he loves Chicago. And it, it, it certainly could have been taken as he was saying goodbye to Chicago. So people got really excited. And they said, oh, you yeah, know, the Eagles are going to get there. Which, by the way, would be a heck of a halt. David Montgomery had it. A- great season uh this year he was he was the chicago bears offense down the stretch when mitchell trubisky came back into uh, into the lineup and they made that playoff run it was david montgomery carrying that offense uh so i'm thinking to myself wow that would be a ha- you know give howie roseman a-, a gold star which people don't want to do but if he's able to pull that off turns out he was just saying he loves chicago it had nothing to do with football in other words he was saying he would like to be around Chicago even if he wasn't playing football. So it was, anyway, it was much to do about nothing. But I, of course, made it worse because I said to Eagles fans, by the way, he had a much better season than Miles Sanders because uh, we've talked about this before, Ryan. He's one of those players. And again, I, I can't figure it out. I, I mean, Eagles fans will not criticize that guy. And he had a bad season, a good runner. You know, obviously an explosive runner with the long touchdowns, but he was awful in pass protection. He was even worse as a receiver, and everybody's saying, well, we need a compliment to Miles Sanders. So, essentially, I say, if they get Dave Montgomery, Miles Sanders is the compliment. Are you kidding me? you got to watch some other teams, people.
3: Oh, man. Uh, John, you have an article up on SI.com, and and you go through Doug and his coaching staff and compare compare it to Sirianni and his coaching staff, meaning Doug versus Nick Sirianni, uh, Jim Schwartz versus Jonathan Gannon, so on and so on. So, I mean, I don't think we need to go through each and every um, position here on the coaching staff, so to speak, and Compare and, and give our pick, but just fill us in on how it stacked up when you went through all this.
2: Well, I was trying to be nice, to be honest. Uh, it, it, you know, it's so inexperienced. You know, a lot of it is projection uh, with the new coaching staff. A lot of these guys are in positions that they've never been in before. Uh, and and you know, for Nick, starting out with Nick, I, I tried to look at it as Doug Peterson in 2016 versus. Uh, Now, Uh, because, you know, technically he's been a coach, a professional coach uh, longer than Doug Peterson was back in 2016, because remember, he had a long playing career Uh, and then was just on Andy Reid's staff and eventually uh, kept getting promoted, got the Eagles job, whereas Nick has been around uh, a little bit more as an assistant in different Uh, schemes with different head coaches. So maybe that's a positive. You have a more varied background. That's certainly how the Eagles have tried to spin it in in the background and try to say why we've given him more autonomy because he's been in different schemes. He's met different people. He's met different coaches. Now, I personally don't buy that uh, because why would you penalize a guy for being successful? Uh, as I said, on a legendary coach of staff. What do you want him to do, quit and go to a bad coach of staff to get a more varied background? It doesn't make any sense. Same thing what they did to do Staley. It's like they're saying, well, he doesn't have – he's only been here. Well, you guys loved him. You claimed. (laughs) Why is he going to quit and go somewhere? I don't understand that thought process. I'll never understand it. But that's how the Eagles are kind of – uh, spinning this thing. And to be fair to Nick, I, I'm Nick Sirianni. Um I, I think he's about the same as Doug Peterson was in 2016. So it'll, I, I don't think it's fair to compare him to a Super Bowl winning coach, but we'll see. He deserves an opportunity. And I rated that as even because I think he comes in similar to a similar situation as Doug Peterson. And nobody thought he would be much either in, in Doug's case. So I I rate that as kind of even.
3: Talking with John McMullen, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, SI.com, host of Extending the Play every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And we talk about the urgency behind trying to get a deal done involving Carson Wentz for Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and the potential impact if there isn't an urgency and a move isn't made in the near future. And I've asked you this before, but I want to revisit it, the draft implications and just the overall offseason approach. I mean, we're, we're talking about swinging and missing on deals, but the trickle-down effect for getting a deal versus not getting a deal done is going to be pretty large, Correct.
2: Yeah, I and, and I think it's so huge for a number of reasons, not only because of the position and the player, and he's unhappy, and you probably want to get him out of here, but we just talked about the coaching staff and all the new people, and and they want to create a culture. They want to create an environment, and I think the worst thing you can do to them is to come into next season and come into the off season with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. I, I think you're you're doing a disservice to your new coaching staff. Uh, You don't want him here. He doesn't want to be here. Uh, And if you're going to play hardball and you're not going to have that sense of urgency and say, we need this, and if we don't get this, we're just going to grit our teeth through next season and then revisit it again uh, in March of 2022. I I think that's doing a disservice to Nick Sirianni and his entire offensive coaching staff.
3: So how are we predicting the Eagles' uh, strategy in the draft? And we're skipping steps here, but just to bounce around, I mean, there's only so much speculation you and I can do, John, around Carson Wentz and when he'll be traded, where he'll be traded, and for who. It's you know We can't do 30 minutes of that every single night unless there's new information provided. Um, so sixth overall pick, if we want to spend a few minutes with that, um, wide receiver, of course, is a popular position, uh, quarterback, your thoughts there, or maybe offensive line or other, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think they could potentially, possibly take a quarterback if one's is back, so that would cross him out. All, all, And that's another thing, why you have to make that decision, and you have to make it quickly. And we all know it, they've already made the decision, so it's, it's really, you have to, Uh, Again, grit your teeth and and go through with what you've already decided, and then you open up everything in the draft. So, you know, when we talk about it, everything uh, in this offseason starts with that Carson Wentz decision and with him being out of this organization. And then you start to look at how the draft board lays, and you're number six. And, yeah, you do have to seriously think about, I don't think you can go into this season and say, Jalen Hurts is the unquestioned number one starter is going to be the starting quarterback of this team for the next five years, never never mind the next decade. So if you go through your evaluation process, and let's say Justin Fields is sitting there at six because Lawrence is not going to be there, Um, you know Zach Wilson is not going to be there, and it's unlikely Fields is going to be there, but it's at least possible. And if he does fall there and you do your due diligence and you say, this guy's going to be a star, you almost have to take him. I, I go back to 2016, and I remember Howie Roseman at that time, and he said, we don't plan on being this high in the draft very often. So when you're this high in the draft, you gotta, you got to get it right at the quarterback position. The Eagles thought they did. Obviously, they didn't long term. And they're back in that spot again, a little bit down further, number six. Um, so you have to seriously think about the quarterback. And then um, receiver, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's really difficult when it shouldn't be, but it is when you spend years, you know, a second-round pick on J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, a first-round pick on Jalen Rager, and you still need a receiver. But, you know, these receivers, Jamar Chase, Specifically, I don't think he'll make it to six. Devonte Smith might make it to six because he's so small. There's going to be some concern over how he can hold up from a physical perspective. But hey, man, you haven't gotten it right, so you got to take, you got to keep taking swings until you get it right. Uh, and and I think the Eagles have an opportunity to do that finally. At the receiver position, so that's got to be in the mix. And then you talk about uh, offensive tackle, and you know you have Lane Johnson coming back, but you know maybe they trade Lane Johnson at right tackle. You know, are you that comfortable with Jordan Minalata at left tackle? What do we know about Andre Gillard, another first-round pick? Nothing essentially. So it, I, I mean, the Eagles can't. It's going to be very difficult to get it wrong at number 6 this year because they have so many holes. You throw a dart at the dartboard, you hit a knee. Could be a quarterback, could be a wide receiver, offensive tackle. They need everything.
3: How about the defensive line? We just saw Tampa Bay and their front seven in that defensive line win the Super Bowl. I mean, I know the offense played great for Tampa Bay. Awesome. Um, But you can just look back over the past 20 years, even further if you want, and a defensive line on the Super Bowl winning team, typically very strong and dominant. So what about a guy like uh, Barmore from the D-tackle from Alabama? Like, could we see Howie and the team just trying to stack up the defensive line this year?
2: Well, I, I... You know, the Eagles obviously value offensive line, defensive line uh, above everything else with the exception of quarterback. So uh, you're never surprised when they take an offensive or defensive line. But this is a year where you don't have guys who are valued that high. In other words, um, you know, there's the, you're reaching for, for a – there's no edge rushers. There's a lot of edge rushers that might be – In the back half of the first round, you might see a run, but there's no top ten edge rushers, and there's no top ten defensive tackles. There's nobody worthy of being in that spot uh, this year. And if you are, you better trade back. Uh, And I'm not sure the Eagles are in a position to trade back because you know, when we talk about first-round picks and we talk about difference makers, they're in a position to where they can get a dynamic player Um, and they can't afford to pass on that just to take a stronger position. You know, you you mentioned you're exactly right about Tampa Bay, but also look at Devin White. I think he was the fifth pick, and that was at a position uh, that nobody thinks is valued enough for the fifth pick. You know, they took him because they thought he was a great player, and they were right. When you have great players, even at those devalued positions, whether it's linebacker, running back, safety, take them, Take them. It's always about the player. And, and sometimes you have such a dynamic talent, it, it, it overcomes the lack of value at that position. I thought you saw it this season, with, and certainly in the playoffs with, with Devin White.
3: Uh, Some more news surrounding the coaching staff. Tyler Brown from Michigan is joining the team for uh, special teams quality control coach. Uh, Grew up in South Jersey. You know, what does that mean, if anything?
2: No, well, his father is more. People in South Jersey know Randy Brown, uh, and also in the NFL, he's uh, with the Ravens, kicking coach for Justin Tucker uh, under John Harbaugh for years and years. Also, the mayor of Marlton, Randy Brown, the former mayor of Marlton, but uh, that's his son. Uh, So, you know, it's one of those things with the NFL. We know there's a little bit. I mentioned Glenn Kubiak (laughs) and Gary Kubiak. There's uh, a, a little uh, of that going on there always is. And, uh, you know, it's a quality control position. Uh, it's not a big position. So he'll help with Michael Clay, who's the new special teams coordinator. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, his father is, has been a long time special teams coach and, and a really good one. So, uh, and he used to work for the Eagles when uh, John Harbaugh was here and, um, so a, a a nice story, and obviously a local kid, and everybody knows his dad, everybody likes his dad, and we'll say he'll get an opportunity and I imagine um, he'll he'll get every opportunity to to uh, keep advancing in his career. A lot of that has to do uh, with who his father is.
3: You know, I mentioned Tampa Bay and, uh, you know, the defensive line and Tom Brady getting another Super Bowl ring. And Bill Belichick, whether he was watching from home or not, um, he has a void to fill here. Assuming Cam Newton doesn't get re-signed, I think that's a safe bet. He needs a quarterback, and, you know, in the midst of this quarterback carousel this offseason, who could you see uh, the Patriots ending up with under center with Bill Belichick?
2: I, I still think the Patriots might be, and I, because I think it, it's pretty clear. It's been pretty clear for a long time that uh, Kyle Shanahan wants to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I think that's a domino effect. I, I think if the 49ers are able to do something, uh, and they're able to upgrade their quarterback situation. I think all of a sudden you have Jimmy on the open market. I think uh, the Patriots would welcome back uh, welcome him back with open arms. Um, and I'm not sure that's the right decision. I to be honest, I'm not a big Jimmy G fan, but uh, I think the Patriots like him, and I think they would be very, very comfortable with that. Um, if that doesn't happen, obviously he's not on the market technically yet. Uh, yeah, they got to find a, a quarterback somewhere, and they're in the Carson Wentz discussions. set. Now they've been in the back of the line, uh, but we'll see. The Patriots are known as that stealthy type of organization. They're not going to leak stuff. Um, so if you're going to have, if they're going to have interest, they're, they're going to be that so-called major league baseball-like surprise team. Uh, that comes in at the very end. Uh, and, and but I don't I I don't see that happening.
3: Talking with John McMullen, follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen, Phillyvoice.com, si.com host of Extending the Play every Saturday, ten A. M. to eleven A. M. Uh, the Carson Wentz story is not gonna go anywhere. And I, I don't know, like do do you think Howie is smarter than, you know, Twitter gives him credit for. That's an obvious statement.
2: Um, That'd that'd be tough to not be.
3: Yeah. You know, but he he can't be that stupid, right? Like, he knows that what the realistic price, air quotes, is for Carson (laughs) Wentz. So he's willing to adjust and not take that Stafford-like deal, right, just to bring this full circle and wrap it up.
2: No, I, I mean that's what I'm writing about for Philly Voice, and, and and maybe it'll get spiked if they actually make the trade. So hopefully not at this point. But you know, I I, mean, I compared it to selling your car. You know, if you if you're selling your car and you think it's worth whatever thirty grand, whatever twenty grand, whatever, you're not going to start at that number. Uh, you're going to ask for twenty five grand, and then come down to where the spot you want. So that's what Howie was doing. He knows he's not getting two first-round picks. He knows he's not getting the Matthew Stafford-like. But you start there, and he got somewhere to come down to. And, look, I, I think the bigger question is, does he have authority to just, you know, give Carson away for Walmart clearance aisle prices? I'm not sure he has that autonomy because of Jeffrey Lurie. And I think that's why we have this little sort of stall in negotiations. I mean, everybody in this league thought this deal would have happened by now. And that tells me that maybe maybe Howie is getting some blowback from above.
3: We'll see. And uh, we'll keep you updated every step of the way here every night at 730. Make sure you subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, J A K. IB Media, uh, all of John's work and content and appearances available on the YouTube channel. Uh, and John and I will do it again tomorrow, 730, right here on The Fix. John, I appreciate it, man, as always.
2: Hey, thanks, Ryan.
3: Of course. There he is, Johnny Mack. Um, it's <laughs> I'm ready for a trade. You know, I, as most people are, I'm done with this, dude. I'm done with this. I love talking to John every night, my favorite part of the show, almost daily, but it's at the point now where it's like, all right, man, we've all been dragged through the mud. We've all been, you know, just surprised, frustrated. Okay. Carson is staying. Okay. Carson is going. You fired Doug because of Carson. No, they didn't fire Doug because of Carson. Here comes Sirianni, Frank Reich's guy. That makes sense. Wait, and doesn't matter. Carson doesn't care. It's just, it's nonsense, and it's giving me a headache. I'm over it. Get the dude out of here. Next, let's take a break. At 8 p.m., Simon Hunter from the Action Network. Sean Green at 9 p.m. Much more still ahead on the Fix, Live in the Prop Swap Studios, baby. Let's go.